0: Hey kiddo, welcome to the Inspire to Engage podcast, where we talk marketing for small business owners and ways for us to engage more with potential clients. And of course, we'll talk some about the juggles and struggles to do all of this while still having a life. I'm your host, Rachel Ebanks, and I'm so happy that you're here. Well, obviously, guys, the juggles and struggles are much bigger right now, and that's why I had my guest. Heather Ann Madla on. She wrote a blog post about a week ago titled, Homeschooling is Not the Same as Crisis Schooling, Advice During COVID-19. This article said so many of the things that I have been wanting to put into words, but just haven't found the right phrases to do it. Well, Heather did it with this article. She herself works full-time and homeschools her children. So, She's been living in a similar madness for a while now, except she even knows this is not the same. So homeschooling our children, even if you do it regularly, it's not the same right now. She uses the phrase crisis schooling. And because this podcast is about helping small business owners further their business, well, we have to talk about how we're running our businesses right now which means we're running them in a very awkward, difficult time. And now on top of that, we have our children at home. And we're trying to help them further themselves as well in their education. So how do we go about doing that? Well, she has written another helpful article about Disney thematic units. I thought definitely worth mentioning here because most of us have Disney Plus nowadays. And inside that blog post, she also talks about scaling it for different age children so that you could be reading the same book, but with different age children. And she also has written an article about crisis schooling middle schoolers and high schoolers. I do ask her to address that in this podcast episode. So she does. I hope you enjoy this episode with Heather and Madla as much as I did. It's my hope that it gives you some peace and some ideas about how to go about schooling your children while you are still trying to run a business yourself. Okay, here it is. Hey, Heather, I am so happy to have you here today. I appreciate you agreeing to be on my podcast. I know that you are in high demand right now, and so I appreciate you carving out some time today to talk to me and to talk to my audience, which is small business owners. So we need your help right now because we are all homeschooling. So before we get into that big topic, I would love for you to tell the listeners about you what you're doing, and why you are in such high demand by people like me right now. Well, uh,
1: I'm Heather Ann with an E, like, uh, like an Ann of Green Gables. And I was a teacher for a really long time and a master teacher. I taught student teachers and, and then I've been homeschooling my kids for 12 years and working and homeschooling for a really long time. I've owned a couple of businesses while I homeschooled and worked as an educational consultant. I've taught classes to homeschoolers. I've done a lot while homeschooling, and I've been blogging and YouTubing, you know, making a vlogging with a V. I've been blogging and vlogging for a while, kind of for fun, and I always wanted to turn it into a business and turn it into something I did more full-time, but it's been slow because I've got a lot on my plate. I'm homeschooling and I'm already working, doing other things that actually do pay me money. So, you know, it's been a really slow process. And then I wrote an article that went viral over the, I accidentally went viral during the coronavirus
0: shutdown. Yes. And you did. And the funny thing is I got the article from my sister who got the article from one of her best friends and so it just speaks to the fact that this article is so timely right now tell the listeners what this article is about and I will definitely link to it in show notes because it's something that I feel like every parent right now even if you're a regular homeschool parent which Heather and I are and we both admit I loved her article because she admits this does not feel the same either this is not normal for us as well and for our kids so I want to go into the article a little bit now, tell us the title. The, there's actually two of her articles that we're going to talk about today. The first one is the one that "quote unquote" went viral and yeah. has given a lot of parents just a piece. So, talk about that article first. Good. So,
1: the article is on my website heatherannartandsoul.com uh, with an e. Heather Ann with an e. And it has a long title, and I actually pulled it up to make sure I read it right. Mm-hmm. Homeschooling is not the same as crisis schooling advice during coronavirus COVID nineteen shutdowns. It's funny the way I wrote the article because I did it to save my thumbs, because people know that I do this. People know that you know that I consult with homeschoolers and teach. I teach homeschool parents how to school I, I te- I've taught homeschoolers been homeschooling forever and I have this huge education background. I'm a curriculum specialist too. I did that in a you know former life and adopting curriculum for the school district and stuff like that. So people were asking me questions, people were tagging me on Facebook. They were and then I would see discussions and I had answers for them. And so I was on my phone and, and doing my regular job and schooling my kids and wanting to help people. And so I was texting on my phone, writing out answers and I got tired and I said, you know, I cannot help all these people. So I was like, I'm just going to write a blog. And then that way, if somebody asks me, I can send them to the article. So I got on, I fired that thing off. I I was just passionate about it. I'm older than I look and I've been in education for 25 years. And so I felt like, and and I've, and I've mentored and I've taught teachers. So I thought, you know, I can really put a lot out there to help people out. So I just fired it off and I really was intending for it to be something I would share with my friends Mm -hmm. when they asked me, I didn't really, you know, I I just put it out there. And then I was, (laughs) I got a text from a friend. And she said, Heather, do you know you have 20,000 views on your blog post? And I said, no. And I was like, you're kidding. And she sent me a screenshot and I was like, really? And then another friend, like hours later, do you know you have like 50,000? And then another friend, do you know you have 100,000? And it just, and now I'm up to like, yeah, it's going, it's going to be on a million soon. Mm -hmm. and my website wasn't that great because I, I'm, i was slow with it. Right. And I used to sell my artwork and, um, and then I got very busy. So I kind of like stopped doing that. And I was a lot, like my blog was kind of on the side and I was doing more selling my artwork. And so my website was kind of a mess. So I said, Oh, my website, it's a mess. So I quickly got in and I was up till 3am, you know, fixing my website and making it nicer. And then, I've had a million ideas for this kind of thing for a long time. So now I'm just going for it and I'm writing it out, and I'm writing it down and put it out there for people. Yes. and
0: And that's a great point too, about the knowledge that you have right now is so timely. People are dying to have this information and that goes for any small business owner that is listening right now. We all have something to offer our clients and customers in these weird times and so Heather has capitalized on it and I loved the article myself after my sister sent it to me I just read it I was like yes 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 and so I reached out to Heather and she said sure I'd love to be on your podcast because I want to help small business owners who are trying to run their business while schooling their children I love your term that you said this is not homeschooling this is crisis schooling so talk to us for a second about the difference between choosing to homeschool and what we're doing now, which is crosses schooling.
1: Well, you know, what I put in my article was that when people homeschool, they research, they get connected to a community. They do sometimes people research for years. I mean, here I was a teacher myself, and then I stopped teaching to be home when my kids were very small. And I'd already taught 12 years because I had kids like late thirties And so I'd already been teaching a while and I stopped to be home with them when they were little and I knew homeschoolers. I started getting to know about homeschooling. I didn't know anything about it. And even as a teacher, I researched, right? I, I was learning, okay, this is different than teaching in a classroom. So you have that preparation time. And then you also, because you chose it, you're in a different place mentally these parents, all of you who have had this thrust on you, it was, it was very last minute. I mean, I don't think there was much notice. Most schools, they closed down like that. You're traumatized. That's traumatic. And I think that you, just recognizing that, everyone's traumatized. All of a sudden, you, you lost your footing. The way we do life. Is is our base? That's where we plant our feet. Whatever your habits are, and even if you're a messy person or you're a clean person or neat freak, if you're a structured person or an unstructured, the way you do life is your base. You know, I've known messy people who are like, "Don't touch my mess. I know where everything is." In that, and I even like, I'm a half half. Like, I have areas of my house that are super clean and areas where there's clutter. But the clutter area, like, don't move my clutter, right? So then your child or your children, multiple children are just thrown in your home. And so a lot of the base of my article is that that even homeschoolers are struggling. There was one morning recently that my 12-year-old, I went to get her up and she goes, Mommy, I just can't get out of bed today. You know, she misses her friends. And it doesn't help that we have a sick doggie that's old and has cancer and it's kind of untreatable and we're nursing him. So like that's going on in life, right? You might have other stuff in life going on that was already stressful and then you have this. So even the homeschoolers, my kids have in-person classes all day on Tuesday that's all art-based and hands-on. My son has an internship. It's a teaching internship where he works with little kids because he's almost 16. My son has high school classes in person on Wednesday. We have dance, my kids are competitive dancers. They're at the studio. They live at the studio. They're at the studio. They had competitions. They've been working so hard on three teams. My kids dance on three teams together. So they have these team numbers and they've been working on their solos. My daughter has a duet. They've been working, working, and the competitions are getting canceled. The practice is canceled. We've lost a lot. We're dealing with a lot of loss. And the uncertainty of not knowing when it's coming back is hard. So one of the things that I really emphasized is that homeschooling doesn't look like this. You know, when my kids were littler, every Wednesday we went to the park with the bigger people and they would just play for like three hours. We had field trips. We all took turns teaching classes to each other's kids. We did Valentine's party and everyone went to the park and you didn't put names, you just said two friends because there were like a hundred kids. So you just said to Fred and then we would all line up and everyone would put their Valentines. So this isn't homeschooling. Even the homeschoolers are in crisis. We've all lost, you know, that stereotype of the unsocialized homeschooler. We laugh at that, right? You're yes, a homeschooler, yeah. right? Yes. Like, yeah, the social life is not the problem. Mm-hmm. We have plenty to do. And especially if you live in an area that's, like suburban or urban, you're going to be connected to your community and you're going to have things, you know, field trips planned together and all this just, I live
0: close to the beach. We do beach days when it's warm. It's all gone. It is. And I love another, and you've touched on this already, another premise of your article was to just give ourselves and our children lots of grace, because the point you made earlier was this was not a choosing you and I chose to homeschool our children. And like you said, we did a lot of research in that and we're struggling now. So definitely for those that did not choose this, there, there is a lot of concern there. And I love the point that you made that you have to give yourself grace, give your children's children, give your children grace. And that is very powerful. And we cannot say that enough. I've said that a lot too, because I mentioned the fact there's no museums, there's no libraries, there's no parks. And that was a huge part of homeschooling for my children as well. There was another blog post that you wrote that was specifically about middle schoolers and high schoolers. So Mm -hmm. I want you to talk to parents, small business owners who are parents of middle schoolers and high schoolers. And I wrote down a couple of, really, you made a lot of great points. I wrote down most of them too, because right now as elementary students, we would tell you, keep reading to your child, listening to books on tape. As far as math, most elementary math is going to happen in everyday life. So you can have the habit of noticing, you can point out those math activities and go with it right there. But but middle school and high school, very different. I want you to talk a second to those that are raising middle schoolers and high schoolers about what are some things that they can do in their home to make this a much easier time because you really spent some time talking about the fact you've got to let them grieve. You have got to let them grieve. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think I have a middle schooler
1: and a high schooler at home. And I feel like the grieving is worse for them because they're older, they understand more. They're on social media. They see the stories and the, you know, scary things. And they also have kind of a deeper network that they've lost because my son's going for Eagle Scout. He's assistant patrol leader in his scout troop. They can't keep moving Mm -hmm. forward. Nope. You have kids who are supposed to graduate. They're seniors or juniors. They can't take the SAT prom is getting canceled. They're losing their dances and middle schoolers and high schoolers go to that too. My son hosted a a winter dance for homeschoolers this last winter. We have homeschool proms. We have, you know, so Um, you have to let them grieve and your little kids too, but the younger ones, especially really young ones, it's a little easier to go, let's play games and let's do hands-on science and let's, and you can like pump it up. Like we're going to go out, we're going to write chalk on the sidewalk, but your older kids, that's not going to work for them. And the loss is more profound and they have thoughts of their future. So one of the things that I am a big proponent of all throughout my homeschooling journey, and it was a mental shift for me. I like to be put together. I am a, you know, I have a master's degree. I told my, I'm divorced, but my ex-husband, when we got married, I said, I have a master's degree. Don't ask me to quit my job and take, home, take care of the kids. <laughs> and then I quit my job. <laughs> then I ended up starting a business and doing these other things. But like, I never thought I would do that, you know? So then this whole mental shift with homeschooling and then homeschooling and working, one of the things I do is we do the day in our pajamas or whatever we slept in, we brush our teeth. We don't want to have our teeth rot and we get cavities, but we get up and have breakfast, we brush our teeth, and then we get going right away. So let your kids be comfortable. We talked a lot about physical comfort is emotional comfort. My son does his work in bed a lot. I got him a table that slides over. He likes to be cozy. He, he calls it maximum cozy. I stole his term. He'll be like, mom, I've reached maximum cozy. Can you hand me my water? Cause he's got everything all piled up on him, you know? And I do that too. And so it's okay to take to bed or to let them, you know, even high schoolers, let them make a nest in the living room on the couch. I don't think that homeschooling in general is the time to be all better homes and gardens, right? Mm -hmm. But when you're crisis schooling, especially if you are somebody whose house looks perfect all the time and now your kids are home, you know, one of the biggest things I'm writing another article right now, it's coming out probably tomorrow about how to manage just your space and whatever. One of the biggest things you're going to have is dishes. I never have a sink with no dishes because we eat. And especially since we're on a lockdown, you, you're not even going out to In-N-Out Burger, you know, California. I'm in California with In-N-Out Burger or, you know, McDonald's or wherever you go or restaurants, we're not eating out. So you're going to get up and make breakfast and have dishes. And then you're going to have dishes from snacks. And then you're going to have dishes from lunch and dishes from dinner and another snack and glasses. And if, If you make dishes you're a hill to die on, man, that's gonna be hard. You're gonna be fighting these battles. So you have to dig deep right now and prioritize uh, emotional comfort. And I know for some people, having a spotless kitchen is, right? It drives you crazy. But the chaos, like there's a certain amount of chaos when you work and homeschool your kids. And even those of you who don't work, they're stay-home moms whose kids are now home with them, they're struggling too because their whole routine is thrown off. So with high schoolers and middle schoolers, let them be comfy, let them be cuddly, and they might wanna cuddle up with you and read like they're little kids again and do that. Don't put them down or make them feel embarrassed of it because they're struggling and kids are terrible
0: at explaining their
1: feelings, right?
0: Well, and that was one thing that I loved your, I think one of the first points that you, the first two points coming into this right here, you said, let them name their fears, just own it. This is, I'm sad. I'm scared. This is what I'm afraid of. And then you said, we really try to start the morning off as a family. You're very cognizant of sitting down. And I can see that that happens right there. I also love the fact that you said, Hey, let them be in their pajamas if they want to and be as cozy as possible. You also made a good point in your article, because I'm like you, I want to get up, get organized, get things going. But you said, let these middle schoolers and high schoolers sleep in. There is a lot of research out there that they need way more sleep than we give them credit for. Here is an opportunity to do it. So I thought that was a great point that you made there too. And it's been a push. Uh, There's a philosophical shift on that and they're trying to push
1: for school starting later. I think some schools have done it. It's hard though, because parents go to work and then, you know, you have the younger ones starting at eight and everything, but, Studies have come out really well for kids at high school or sleeping more and starting later, like at 10. So my kids, we don't start school super early. We just 10 o'clock. I also engage my, my children. And here's the other thing. I'm a, a pretty relaxed schedule person. I'm not, I used to be different. I had a mental shift. I'm not a, like, we we'll to start at nine because I found that that was anxiety inducing for all of us and it wasn't fun. One time I got on a kick when my son was like eight or something or nine. I said, you know, I want to be done early so we can go places. So I want to start at eight so we can be done by like 1130 because homeschooling, oh, so important. This is in there too. I
0: have it written down. I, I was going to come back to it.
1: Listen up, everybody. Does not take as much time. I'm bird walking, but just since it came up, homeschooling, you get it done in an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, you're done for little kids, hour and a half, two hours, you have one or two or three kids. You don't have 32. And I always say it takes an amazing amount of time to get 32 kids to turn to page 25. And then you've got the kid over here messing around and then someone drops their pencil and another pencil's broken. And then you get a call from the office because you didn't do the lunch count. Right. And, and then 20 minutes later, you know, it's a lot of, like management of bodies and and people and management of papers and things. The other thing is, a lot of your class is fine with math in twenty minutes, but you've got a segment of the class that needs an hour. So you've got to entertain or somehow educate those other kids who are done, which is like out of thirty-two, you've got like twenty or twenty-five who are done. But you need to. So with your own kids, you might get math done in like fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay, so that was the bird walk of that, and then we're going back to the schedule in the morning. Yes. So, I bring my kids in on the schedule, and since the crisis happened, it's been different every day. Some days they have more in them, and than others. And same with me. So some days we've gotten up and we're like on it, and we're getting all this stuff done. And it's and then like today, my daughter was struggling. And I let her get, and my son too, they were struggling today. And so, but one day we started at like 1130 and my kids were stressed out and they're like, I want to get all this done and see uh, what happens with homeschooling is that if you engage them in their own journey, they take ownership after a while. And so my son's like, I want to get these things done because I care about my education. So 11.30 was too late for them. So we worked together on the schedule and we're trying to start like 9.30 or 10. And then, you know, there is going to be chaos. It's always right before I got on with you, I couldn't find the right cord to this laptop. And I I put the other laptop cord and my laptop gave me this warning. And then my son is in a virtual class. My daughter is... Taking care of the dog and I'm running around like crazy, going, I don't know where that cord is, and my computer's giving me a warning and I'm supposed to be on camera. And I was like, Help. And then my daughter's like, okay. And she's like, I can't find it. And then my son's like, I'm watching a class. (laughs) I mean, you have to like have a sense of humor and like, and there's gonna be meltdowns. And that's I didn't put that in the article, but I'm gonna put in the other one that meltdowns happen. I mean Before and I didn't have my makeup on yet, and I don't want to go on camera like looking, you know, how I've been looking. And although I, I was thinking maybe that's not genuine, like right, like maybe I should just come on in my pajamas because we're like crisis schooling, right? Because I don't have all this uh, on, and so it's not easy to dig deep and get used to the chaos. But your high schooler and your middle schooler, especially, they're like more emotional and they're more volatile. That's right. High school and middle school kids, teenagers just are. So if you can embrace the idea that there's going to be some chaos and that rigid structure might be really difficult, that will help you a lot. I'm really like, I'm really into acceptance of reality as is because I think it gives you peace. And I think, I know in my life when I fight reality of what's really going on uh, that's when I have more stress and when I say okay you know I was like super stressed out about coronavirus because I have friends in Europe that are telling me I have friends in the thick of it in Europe who are telling me a family a family in France who are like it's bad and so I was getting scared and then I had a friend who got it and was very sick and when I finally like just kind of in my own prayer and meditation just said okay, this is where we're at right now, and I, I can't, my British friend, she, she's a hypnotherapist, and she said, she was talking to one of her clients who's usually, like, very mellow about things, and she said, oh, are you worried about this, and she said, oh, I'm not bothered, I can't be bothered, and I thought, okay, uh, you kind of have to do that, right, so there's a lot, uh, you know, I see, I've read other blogs that are coming out right now, <laughs> And some of them are very practical and okay, have a schedule and do this and that. And that's great,
0: but it might not work. You make a great point right there because my husband is now at home working as well. And most of us are now dealing with a spouse working from home too. So even though I homeschool my children regularly and run a small business, I have my own routine and there's certain levels of chaos that I'm used to. But you enter, you bring in another adult to your le- to your routines. And now we're looking at another level of chaos as well. So I appreciate your mindset and I am having to come to grips with it too, that things are not always going to go how they did prior to this crisis. And you're right. We just have to embrace it just embrace it. Our kitchen sinks may not look the way we want to. And I love your phrase, like Mm -hmm. choose the hill that you want to die on. All of us are going to have certain things that have to happen for us to mentally be able to function. And there's others that we're just going to have to just say, we'll, we'll cross that bridge after this pandemic.
1: You know, uh, I was also, I put in and I have another article coming out. I'm talking about this more, especially your older ones they need the social interaction so much. So if my son is on, like his his friends have been playing games on Skype and Zoom and then they play Xbox together and my daughter's on with her friends and they're chatting. And if it goes late, I'm just letting them go. And then we can just sleep in a little in the morning because they need that so badly right now. Mm. So it's kind of tough to be like, okay, shut it down. Like, you know, normal times. It's like, all right, it's 11, get off. We got to get up in the morning. But now. Do we have to officially get up in the morning? No. (laughs) Well, I had a funny thing because I, I, my daughter, I, (laughs) I said, you know, we were eating breakfast and it was like day three of isolation. And I said, you know, I'd really like us to get up and try to get a move on because, you know, yesterday we started at 1130 and, and we were stressed out. And my daughter looks at me and goes why? And I go, um, I don't have an answer for that.
0: Out of the mouth of babes, right? I just said, I I don't know. It sounded good. (laughs) You know, that's a great point. And I, another point that you made in both articles, and we touched on it a few minutes ago, but it's definitely worth talking about again, is that you said, don't create busy work for your high schooler, and even for your elementary school, that goes, your, your elementary school student, because that goes back to what we talked about earlier. When you are only teaching one to six kids, it is so different. I tell people all the time too, especially when my kiddos were in kindergarten, I have one that's in kindergarten now. And if, if it was just him, I could do kindergarten in 45 minutes. And they're like, why? And I said, well, think about it. I don't line up 30 kids to go to the bathroom. When he needs to go to the bathroom, he just goes and he comes back and we keep on teaching. And we don't all line up and go to physical education and we all line up and go to music. We don't do those. All of those are little bitty things that take time. And so I definitely want to remind parents that are working or even if you're not working outside the home right now. I mean, with an employer or a small business, that don't just make up busy busy work. School does not have to last six hours a day. It just doesn't. So, I, and it shouldn't if no, you're home.
1: No, you know, In school, they do too much busy work too. And I have, you know, I have criticisms of the standards how they are now and the the, the testing focus. I started teaching in the mid '90s. In '94, I was a substitute teacher. In '95, and There was a whole different shift about education back then. We did a lot of project-based learning. We did hands-on. We did, and then the testing started becoming more and more. And, you know, this is really, really important. And I think people need to know this. There is not one way to educate human beings. And there are a lot of philosophies. And by the time I had been in education for about 15 years, No, even before 15, like at the year 10. At year 10, I had seen three major philosophical shifts in California alone. Every three years, we were told to teach a different way and we were given new curriculum and everything was gonna be different because this is wrong and we're gonna fix it with this. And now people are getting away from Common Core. They're talking about getting rid of it. There is going to be a major philosophical shift coming. Again, and Common Core's lasted a while actually longer than some others So a big thing is that you want to work smarter not harder and Unfortunately, the corporate model in the schools now is to work a whole bunch and keep everyone busy and memorize stuff for tests That's a whole other topic, but it's unfortunate mm-hmm. now if your high schooler is being given work to do, then you don't have a choice, right? Yes, I was gonna get to this point, yep. Yeah, not everyone is, and not everyone, and also the schools are having trouble justifying grading because of the circumstances and because of equal access. You know, everyone, even if you give them a Chromebook, they don't have equal access. And some high schoolers are taking care of the baby because mom is sick or grandpa sick or, you know, situations. So the high school thing is harder because some of them are just having work piled on. So in that case, I would say you have to communicate with the teacher. I mean, if your child is falling apart, communicate with the teacher, but if you have some freedom and they're not giving you work, you can actually celebrate and say, yay, because one of the biggest things, and now I was blessed to be in the public school classroom when it was literature based and thematic learning and we we did standardized testing but it was like you know we didn't teach to the test and we we weren't um testing wasn't everything and it wasn't like aligning everything to standards and school was a lot more artistic and creative and open-ended and project-based and so i was able to teach thematically so When I taught fourth grade, man, during gold rush time, I butcher papered that turned up. You can, you would, you can make anything out of butcher paper. It on those uh, bungalow classroom walls, you can crunch that up into a mine. I would make trees, flowers. If you're artistic at all, you can butcher paper. You can sculpt with that stuff. Butcher paper is like magic. So I'd make it into a gold mine, and then we would read like *By the Great Horn Spoon*. It's one of my favorite literature books for kids and it's gold rush and then we would play a gold rush game as a class with facts and then we would write songs and then they would have for their writing assignment it was a minor journal and they had to write about their days in the minefields and what happened and reading the books and everything they would know what kind of funny things happened and then we would uh i used to wear <laughs> wear like a minor hat and we i had a vest so when it was time so the learning uh was not segmented You know this whole segmenting the subjects is arbitrary, and and it's kind of new in the history of learning. We don't need to separate out all the fields. So even with your high schoolers, I don't care what age. I wrote another article using literature that Disney inspired because Walt Disney took classics and then he turned them into movies and attractions. So Mary Poppins is eight books in the series, written at the turn of the century. Wind in the Willows, I can't remember the date of that, but it was like 1800s. Peter Pan, J.M. Barry. These are all classic works of literature. Walt Disney took them and expanded. So you can get literature and read. You can read that with multiple ages, and then you can find activities. And in that article about the Disney theme uh, literature-based learning, I give a framework of how to make a thematic unit. So you can read a piece of literature and then your different ages of kids will respond differently. So one child might write something one child might discuss and then you can do different levels of projects. You can do different levels of, um, of response but you're all studying the same thing. You can do that with history. My daughter is sixth grade, my son is 10th grade but we've always done history together even when she was very little. Cause she can understand it being read to her and explained. And then he would do the harder assignments. She would do easier stuff or we would do the reading or read the, I I'm big on a uh, historical fiction mm-hmm. for kids. It makes it so much easier. So um, if your kids are reading and reading and you're reading to them and you're using audible and listening to audiobooks, I mean, honestly, if you go back to the Renaissance, man, Leonardo da Vinci, right, they knew a little bit about all kinds of stuff. They read and Good they point. talked and they sat around and they discussed, right, the Socratic method, right? That's what I was discussed thinking. Yep. Things. And it's so funny how when we go to college, that's how we learn. I mean, I, I have a degree in American studies, my undergraduate degree. I double majored in theater and American studies. And I have an American studies degree. And I would have all these books that I read. Some of them would be academic. Some of them would be novels. We read so much historical fiction. And then we would go to class and discuss it. We would write a paper. And then the tests were essay questions. Yeah. And that's a college class. But then for some reason, we think for younger high school and middle school and, and even elementary, that they have to like answer true and false and do, you know write these little questions. Why? Why can't we be reading books together and sit around as a family and have a discussion about the book that's guided by the parent? I mean, you're reading and reading and reading. You can you can cover everything. There's a lot of science in in By the Great Horn Spoon. I uh, that actually is in my Disney thing because there's a movie called Bullwhip Griffin that they made ages ago and it's based on the book and it follows it really well, actually it's on Disney plus you start talking about how they mind and the different kinds of mining. There's your science, science
0: right there. And then mm-hmm. you can
1: throw in a, an experiment. So if your high schoolers are not given a ton of work to do
0: literature, right? And, and be oh, okay, okay with that and be with, and be okay. okay. Because that you, you, you mentioned that some high school and middle schooler middle schoolers are not receiving a lot of communication right now about what is going to happen next. And in that article specifically about them, you said, just embrace the unanswered questions. Like they're going to be there. And if your teachers can't answer it, it's because they haven't been told. And that's a great point that everybody is scrambling right now to figure out what is it going to look like. And the best that we can do as parents is to continue educating our children the best that we can do right now. And you're right, thematic units are fantastic. And I love the fact that you have written that article. I saw it right before we got on. I haven't got to read it myself yet. So I will definitely link to that too, because with Disney Plus all all over, we can all get that too. And then the literature itself. And the framework that you wrote to go along with that is very powerful, especially if you're not receiving a lot of guidance from your child's school. So before we get off, I definitely want you to tell everybody where they can find you the name of your website and Instagram and Facebook if you are active there. But I want you to tell them the story about your 50th birthday celebration because I feel like (laughs) everybody right now who are on Zoom meetings and we all are doing Zoom meetings right now and we're all in the middle of taking care of our children, we're educating, we're playing with them, and then all of a sudden we have a meeting. I think we can all relate to this story. So I would like you to tell them really quickly and then I'll ask you to, of course, tell everybody where they can find you.
1: Okay. So embracing the chaos. So I turned 50 in last December and, uh, I celebrated early cause my birthday's too close to Christmas. So I did a, th- a weekend at Disneyland with my girlfriends. And then on the third day on Monday, my kids met me at the hotel and I was working in the morning. And then I had a, a stuff, very stuffy official, uh, Teachery, educationally kind of meeting. And then after the meeting, we were heading back into Disneyland for lunch. And then the beautiful thing about working remotely is that you can work on your phone, right? So I was like, okay, I'll handle emails and stuff while we're in lines, right? So I had been wearing a, a very bling filled tiara with like I did this kind of thing with my hair, right? And then I, but it was hard to make it stay. It wasn't the full one, it was the little one, right? But it was pretty tall. So, in the morning, I forgot that I was having a meeting. So, I got ready, and my kids were sleeping in a little bit in the hotel room, and I got my hair all up, and I had the big thing, and I had my earrings, because it's a 50th, I'm gonna, you know, and people who don't go to Disneyland a lot <clears throat> may not know that there's a lot of people actually dress up like how they dressed up back in Walt's Day, and mm-hmm. there's a thing called Dapper Day, where people get all dressed up twice a year. So, for my birthday, I was dressing up for Disneyland, and so... I get all blinged up, forget that I have a meeting, see my bing 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 reminder on my phone, and I'm like, oh, I get on bing, I turn on Zoom, and there I am with my tiara, my earrings, I'm all made up, and then I looked and went, oh, and then I turned it off and I pulled the thing out, and I tr- I was hoping none of them zombie, and then later, one of the lady running the meeting, I said, by the way, did you notice the tiara? And she was like, yeah, I thought you were just being really festive. And then we had this hilarious thing back and forth about wearing funny hats to meetings. And I'll tell you one thing that I've learned at working and homeschooling, you just have to laugh about stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I was mm-hmm. almost crying getting ready for this meeting. And I was like telling my daughter, I have to be on camera and I can't find the plug. And no mm-hmm. my computer's giving me a warning. And then I just laughed about it. And I just was like, you know, you, you'll have like a crazy moment. Just wear clothes. <laughs> <So> <laughs> there's
0: all these ones going around where people have, <laughs> what were they thinking? Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about that. So you're right. I mean, wearing a tiara... I just knew that parents would appreciate that right now because we are all in the middle of juggling this craziness. And like you said, our children are in the middle of juggling, juggling it as well. And sometimes they just don't quite understand or, or like you said a couple of minutes ago, they're longing to be next to us too. And so we end up, with our crowns and crazy stuff driving all over the place while we're trying to have a meeting. So I knew that people would appreciate that, (laughs) that you went to your meeting with your crown on and your huge earrings and everything else. (laughs) Hey, really quickly, Heather, you've given us so many tips uh, just about our mindset and how we tackle this crisis schooling. Please tell everybody where they can find you because I want, and I will link specifically to these articles, but I also want you to tell everybody yourself too.
1: So uh, it's heatherannartandsoul.com and it's Anne with an E. So Heather A-N-N-E artandsoul.com. And I have the same Facebook and same Instagram and I'm active on all of them. I'm not a Twitter person. I don't know. I need to embrace Twitter. Everyone likes Twitter, but I've never done Twitter. So I'm not on Twitter but I have those others. I'm very active on Facebook and very active on Instagram. So yeah. And on Instagram, I've just been posting like screenshots because you can't do links. And then I'm just putting it in the
0: description and people
1: can just go to my website.
0: Well, Heather, I so appreciate you coming today and talking to us about what it is that we have to do now to help our children get through this, help ourselves to get through this. This is something that none of us, none of us have been through. And so there is no playbook. Yeah. We're making it up. And so we're looking to people like you who are out there writing great articles, who have lived through it, wore their tiara to a meeting and survived it. And so <laughs> we appreciate you and I appreciate you coming on today so much. Okay. And I'm just going to tell you to keep up the great work, keep writing, keep talking about yes. it. Okay. People need it more than ever. Thank you. Okay. Hey, we'll time. talk soon. Okay. All right. Sounds okay. good. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I loved this conversation. It was fun, it was important, and it was timely. First of all, Heather just has a bubbly personality that causes you to lean in and listen up. Second of all, she's a great example of someone who has listened to her community. She knew that she was getting the same question over and over again. So she found a way to serve her community well and to do it efficiently. That's something that all of us small business owners strive to do. So I love that example of what she's living out in her life right now. Also, she laid on us some great advice about crisis schooling. I loved all of her tips, but here are three that really stood out to me right now. Number one, give yourself grace. I've said this a lot, and I'm still saying this to myself This is crisis schooling. Nobody has a playbook for this right now. We do not have museums open, libraries, parks. We are working from home while we're still trying to educate our children. So we have to give ourselves grace. I love the line that she used in the blog post itself. She wrote, it's okay to not be amazing. And that's something that we just have to embrace. And that's hard for us as small business owners Because most of us are perfectionists. We're overachievers. And so to just admit that I'm not going to be amazing right now. We're just going to get through this time is very hard for us. But we just have to recognize where we're at. That leads me to another tip that she gave us. Which is owning your area and owning your fear. That is so hard for a lot of us right now to say, you know what, one of my biggest fears is this house will never be clean again, or that I will never see the bottom of my desk again, because it's full of so much stuff. There is such thing as organized chaos. And it is very hard for somebody like me to be okay with mess. And I'm sure you deal with that as well. We all have certain things that are really hard for us to let go. And she admitted that sometimes you cannot let it go. There really is something in your life that if it's a mess, then you cannot think. But then there's other things that we are gonna have to let go. And we're gonna need to talk about that as a family. She talked about owning your fear. That's even us adults. We have to talk to our family and explain to them too, this is what scares me, or this is what's driving me crazy. How can we as a family come together and work through this, recognizing that our home is operating differently right now. I also loved the fact that she said homeschooling is not regular school. That's why we do it. Those of us that choose to do homeschool, it is not the same as regular school. So do not assume that you have to, quote unquote, teach your child for six hours a day. Your school time really could be cut down to two hours. And if it's a younger child, even less than that. So recognize that homeschool or crisis school during COVID is not the same as regular school. No way should you expect yourself as the teacher and your child as a student to be going to school six hours a day. It just doesn't take that long when you're working with a very small group of children. And The other point that she made that really shifted my mind and gave me a piece for parents of older children, especially, she said, just accept the unknowns. There is power in just saying, I don't know the answer. Your teacher doesn't know the answer. The principal doesn't know the answer right now. Heck, the state school board doesn't know the answer right now. We're just going to do what we can do. In fact, Dave Ramsey's group has been using the slogan, control the controllables. And not knowing exactly what's going to happen for your older child as far as credits in high school, we all want to know that, but that's out of our control right now. We can't control that. We have to accept the unknown. And sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times, there's just peace in saying, I don't know the answer, and nobody around us knows the answer either. So I wanted to remind all of us that sometimes we just have to accept things that are unknown right now. Control the controllables. She also made the suggestion that if your middle schooler in high school is being inundated with too much work, it's too difficult right now, they themselves are grieving and taking this very hard, to contact the teachers most of them are willing to work with you right now because they understand they themselves are grieving and looking for what path am I supposed to take my students on so I thought that was a very great piece of common sense advice that sometimes in the panic we just forget like oh the teacher is also a human she is going through this COVID situation just like the rest of us so contact him and him or her. If your child is really being inundated with too much work. So, as I come to a conclusion, I just want to thank Heather again for sitting down with me and I hope that this episode gave you some answers or some ideas, some suggestions for schooling your children while you're still working to grow your business or to keep it moving forward right now during this time because I really do feel like that how we serve our customers during this time is going to greatly affect how our business grows in the future. So kudos to you for continuing to try to move forward, keeping conversations open with your fellow business owners and current clients. Kudos, that's hard work, and now you're educating your child. I also want to say that if you did like this episode, please rate or review it. You know it does magical things in the algorithms. And last, if you are tackling things on your to-do list, such as messaging, you know that it's time to update your website copy. You want to create some posts right now to talk to your ideal customer, but you're just floundering with what to say. I understand. I've created a short freebie on my website. It's called Know Your Ideal Customer Better. And what it's about is figuring out what stage of life is your customer in. So that means what does their day-to-day life look like? Now, obviously, it's very different right now, but we want to continue preparing for when we come out of this. So if you know that you have got to nail this down, that you've been talking to everybody and not just that one specific ideal customer, then this is your time to do it. Tackle that That thing on your to-do list. Head to my site and grab the freebie, Know Your Ideal Customer Better. Okay, until next episode, kiddo. I wish you well, and I hope you stay healthy. Bye.